Welcome to Tuning In, Episode 3. I'm Terry. I'm Kenzie. I don't know about you, I'm really excited about this today. I, I've been getting into this research. I know, I've seen you around the house and uh, <laughs> you've been very excited, but obviously we can't talk about this, so I've just been very curious as to what you found. Yeah, we've been kind of both scurrying off into our own spaces and mm-hmm. covertly doing our research and now we get to find out what's yeah. been going on. Well, before we get into all that, we're, we have a few, a little bit of uh, taking care of business to do. So the first thing is we're just going to share what we've been listening to, kind of what's what's kind of new and fresh that we're listening to. So what's yeah. going on in your world? Um, it's probably not new and fresh, but <laughs> like we said before, I liked looking back. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of Azizi Gibson, which is a rapper. Um, Phineas, which is Billie Eilish's brother. He's actually fantastic okay. in his new album. Or well, it's not that new anymore, <laughs> but within the last year, that's good. Um, and Luke Combs came out with a new song that came out like right after you researched him about quarantine. <laughs> and I, you know, I, for, I, after we were done, I forgot oh, to really? mention that. Yeah. I actually listened to it right before we recorded and Dang then I spaced it, it out. I think so. it came out the day we recorded or something. So, yeah. I don't so, know. Anyway. Lover man. But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it now. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah it was all right. Yeah. Um, what about you? Uh, what I've been listening to, uh, let's see. I've been listening to, well, there's, I like this band Toad, the Wet Sprocket. Many of you haven't heard of them, but they're a 90s band. And um, lead singer Glenn Phillips has been at usually dinner time. He's from California. So he's been playing acoustic sets of all his solo stuff and Toad stuff and other stuff. And just doing it for free, doing some fundraising. And it's usually around dinner time when I'm making dinner. Mm-hmm. And I just, he does it from his house. It's, it's like very stripped down. Yeah. And uh, it's really great and just down to earth. You just kind of get to know a musician uh, at that down to earth level. Uh, So that's been good. I've been listening to some of his stuff, uh, kind of backtracking on his solo stuff that I've never really listened to. Also, uh, Styx is drummer, Todd Zuckerman, or I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's got a solo album and uh, the guy can sing. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know he could sing. I knew he could play the drums really well. So I've wow. been listening to his stuff. Uh, and also, uh, I've been t- taking some deep dives back to some old Genesis. You might too someday. Oh, great. You know, <laughs> not now, but <laughs> I, I'll spoil this much. You're not doing it this one. But, okay. Um, but I've been kind of listening to the old Peter Gabriel stuff and uh, Phil Collins and stuff. So oh, like early, early stuff. Early okay. stuff. So it was just kind of interesting. So I kind of like doing that from time to time. So anyhow, uh, the other item is my error. Really Wonka (laughs) fans are probably outside with torches. Yeah, they are. They probably just cringed. The frumious Bandersnatch was not from... Willy Wonka, although it kind of sounds like it could have been. I always I thought. believed you wholeheartedly. <laughs> well, I, I was like, I you know saw. what? I remember that from the movie. I'm actually, now you say it. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I convinced <laughs> myself me. somewhere along the line. And I always said, thought that when I'd heard that fact about you. You know, I've read that fact yeah. long ago. And, for, and then I just thought, oh, wow. Anyway, but I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit. It's kind of, you know, Willy Wonka is kind of a spacey little movie if you kind of get into it. And it's from. A Lewis Carroll poem. Lewis Carroll wrote um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Which is a space, you know, kind of a spacey little trip. It's, it's um, definitely the same kind of vibe. Yeah, that's for and sure. so it's a poem. I've never read the poem called Jabberwocky. Now I'm curious, hmm. and that's where it's from. So I did a little research. All of a sudden, I had this little self doubt, like, man, I messed up. Fact no one check. called me out on it, but 
I got I mean, a complaint. Yeah, no one's here to check our facts. Yeah, so. <laughs> I just didn't want this Willy Wonka fan all of a sudden emailing us somehow or yeah, you know, storming the door down. And I mean, it didn't happen, but <laughs> someone's probably dying inside. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you know, family and friends were probably nice. And, yeah. And so anyway, well, glad I'm glad you uh, fixed your error. Yeah, so I, I feel better. Good. I feel better you got about that, that, off that your chest. and uh, so we can move on. It's brave now. <laughs> yes. So I think it's time to go do a little reviewing. Oh, I'm you so went excited. first last time, so you said I'm going first this time. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited because you're very excited. So I don't know what this means. Yeah. So, um, what? Just tell us about Cage the Elephant. Yeah, and I got more notes this time. It's more than this that one bullet point, like you were pointing out on my Luke Combs. Back, I had more than one bullet point, but anyway. Uh, so let's dive in. Cage the Elephant. I'd heard of them on a local radio station. Plays a wide variety of music over the years, and I don't listen to as much radio anymore. But they had something. On, I did hear it on the radio the other day, some song, but it didn't make any sense to me at the time. So I'm backtracking into history. I thought, okay, first the name. Mm-hmm. First I didn't like the name, and then I really liked the name. Okay. I don't know why, but. Uh, so I just, anyway, decided I better research that. Yeah. Here's the deal. And I checked this with two sources. Okay. So apparently, uh, the band, before they were named something else, and I'll get into their history, but they were, uh, do, after a concert, they were outside wherever they were playing, probably some small place, and they were actually getting into a car, I believe, or van or whatever, and they were just getting in, and a man with apparently some mental health issues... Mm-hmm. came up to them and up to the lead singer Matt Schultz and he started repeatingly saying you have to cage the elephant <laughs> you have what? to cage the elephant repeatedly and he was just screaming it at him and on the guy you know nicely he just kind of okay He's got like, in the car and they left do, buddy. And the guy do. was really adamant you have to cage the elephant <laughs> so years Years later, or a year later, or whenever this was, uh, and I'll get into my, actually, my history of the band name. So, let's backtrack a little bit. This band, uh, in, their, in their different parts, were uh, comprised of, and this goes all the way back to middle school bands and everything mm-hmm. from the members. Uh, Liquid Twilight was one of the bands that did this. Okay. Uh, Left Nostril beautiful yeah it was another name nice and eventually this all coalesced into more of a cohesive band and they started playing clubs and things like that and they were called perfect confusion i kind of like that actually yeah that's kind of nice but then they decided they didn't like that but then they needed to come up with a name they're getting a record company contract at that point and things are getting a little bit more yeah and so then that guy goes remembered that and goes cage the elephant and bam that's the name of the band that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool how that came together. So That's so... I mean, yeah. no one can take that one away from them. So. No, no, <laughs> no. This is... A very unique experience. A, yeah, so that, that's a good sign. I thought that was a good sign for the band, and that kind of drew me in a little closer. But So they're from Kentucky. Okay. Um, they eventually, you know, eventually, once they became Cage the Elephant, got the record cor- company contract... They uh, got their first LP out in 2008, and it's self-titled, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I pay attention to stuff like that, and that's really, really nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, there's bands that I grew up with, and it's these great bands, and their first album's just the name of the band. They don't name the album. Mm-hmm. It really bugs me 
when with they name bands, it. their first album, if they give it a name. Does it seem like a little too prestigious to you? Like they don't deserve that yet? Or? Kind of. And then, but it doesn't allow if some bands, their first album is just epic. And yeah. Well, sadly, it's their best. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess you can only go downhill from that. But there's just something that that's pure and <laughs> that from the band starting out, that's the, the roots. And then, yeah. Then they can name the next one and right. by numbers or names or, you know, whatever they want mm-hmm. to do or colors or whatever they're going to do. But uh, I thought, yeah, great. Classy so I like the name and I like the fact the first album is just the name of the band. Okay. And I was like, yeah, okay, good start. So let's talk about band members. There's Matt that actually kind of led by the Schultz brothers. Oh, okay. And out lead, the lead is Matt Schultz. And I was impressed with him. I did some video, you know, looking at some videos online on mm-hmm. YouTube and stuff. Um, so we'll talk about him in a minute. And there's Brad Schultz. Uh, he's the brother and plays rhythm and guitar, apparently keyboards. They have some other members. Uh, they had another lead guitarist up to 2013, Lincoln Parish, and he left uh, to be a producer. That's actually what he wanted to be doing. Oh, okay. More than in a band, he wanted to produce albums, so you know he's happy. And the band got Nick Bothrat, Bachrath, I think is how you pronounce that, on lead guitar. I was watching the guy online; he's really good. Uh, I was really impressed with him. <laughs> and then they also have Daniel Titchener; he's been on bass ever since, and Jared Champion on drums, who is a high school swim champ. I learned. Oh, good. So <laughs> his last good name Champion, him. and he was a champ. Oh, so, I didn't even. Yeah, put so he's quite the swimmer, together. I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so then guy. when Nick Bockerath uh, was a new lead guitarist, they added a six-man member, Mathan Minster, on keyboards. What a name. Probably because Lincoln Parish played both and they needed two people or mm. more to, I don't know, I didn't really say why. Yeah, but so he's anyway, a part of the band. went five to six people. Okay. Pretty stable lineup, though. This isn't one of the ones that have 500 members by six years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, there's not three Steves or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, so so let's uh, yeah move forward a little bit, and they have uh, five albums now, and the uh, the first three I don't want to get too far is our uh, first three are little let's see first two or three gosh now I can't remember but I didn't list them out but anyway okay. the first three I would say uh, are kind of raw mm-hmm. they're kind of the raw sound they're which I like that. Yeah. That being said, it weren't my favorite ones, but mm-hmm. I, there's other bands I can point to later that I might assign you. I'm not going to talk about them, but okay. I like that kind of early sound, the raw sound, and the hardcore fans have the kind of some of those favorite songs, yeah. early songs, and there's a few of them that'll be fan favorites from wherever. And I can, you can already tell some of those that you know this band goes on 20, 30, 40 years. They'll probably still play a few of those. Right, they'll like be favorites. Their concerts, people go wild at those ones. Yeah, you know, and if you go to a concert when you're 58, and you'll be, you know, still listening to "I Want That One Song" from right. 2008. Yeah, you know, it's nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so they uh, really there's a change there in 2015. The "Tell Me I'm Pretty" album. I really like that. And so that That's was really what, album. actually at first, 
I wasn't so sure. It was mm-hmm. it was produced by Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys, which you got me really into the Black Keys. We love the Black Keys. Yeah, and uh, I was kind of a peripheral listener to them. Never dove deep, and then you know we have tickets to a concert that probably won't probably be till next year. Now, not gonna happen this yeah, year. I'm hoping maybe R.I.P. Maybe uh, next summer they'll just shift it. <sighs> I was but, thinking uh, about that today. Yeah, I got so excited, and, and so anyway, that's a Black Keys story. But Dan Auerbach. <laughs> Produced it. Dan, the the Black Keys, their uh, Turn Blue albums, kind of kind of psychedelic. It's yeah, different sound for them mm-hmm. a little bit. Really good album, I think. It's one of my favorites. And, yeah. And so he produced it, and I think he brought that sound. And it was roughly about the same time as the, the, those albums came out. Yeah. For Tell Me I'm Pretty, and so this has more of a psychedelic sound to it. And I, I like that. And there's also, I'll talk about some individual sounds later, or songs and sounds a little mm-hmm. later on. So but it reminds me of the Black Keys Turn Blue album. I think they're very similar. Hmm, that's and interesting. So I, first time through, I, I knew that was coming. And I listened to it and go, eh, okay. And so I thought, mm-hmm. okay. And then I went back. Mm-hmm. And you know how things grow on you? Yeah. That has to happen. So this is one I would recommend to people my age. If you're looking for. A new band and I've been I do that all the time and I haven't found much mm-hmm. new that really resonated maybe this is the album to draw you in the tell me I'm pretty mm-hmm. album yeah and I, I would say so and I think give it two two tries you might not like every song but you're gonna start hearing and I don't know if it's influenced by you know bands like from Meyer or anything I don't know right. what their influences are never did find that but it sure sounds like it well, that's funny that you said that because this week I I know I assigned you Cage the Elephant and I listened to them a lot. Yeah. But I kind of continually listen to the same songs that I enjoy. And so I actually downloaded that album this week and was listening to it, which is kind of hmm. random that we were both listening okay. to the same album. Yeah. It wasn't, and I, I listened to it a few times and I was like, oh, like, it's a good album. A lot of my favorite songs are from this album. But I didn't listen to the rest of it. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is a great album. Yeah, it's one that has a good flow to it all the way through. And mm-hmm. you can be doing something. I always, for me, a mark of a good album is, you know, if I can just flow through it, lose track of time a little bit. Right. You know, if I can do that and I'm just not, you know, clicking. Picking and choosing. Forward, do the next one, skip, skip, and so forth. So, yeah. So anyway, I, I really like that album, so I would suggest that to my age group. If you want a new band, try this one out. Uh, so let's talk about some miscellaneous, and then I want to go in a few songs. Okay. Okay? So miscellaneous things, I found this band was from Kentucky, but they moved to London in 2007, and they started yeah. becoming a warm-up act. And one yeah. of them was for the Foo Fighters. Oh, wow. And they warmed up for the Foo Fighters, and about, by 2011 they were doing that. Their uh, drummer had an appendix rupture in the middle of a tour, you know, and so I'm sure they were panicked. Cool thing is Dave Grohl, you know, he is the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. Kind of dark the name sounds very yeah, familiar. Yeah, you'd probably recognize I think I can picture it. Yeah. Anyway, he's always kind of a generous guy on these types of things and uh, on other things and I've heard. So, anyway, he subbed in as their drummer. So he was, you know, wow. their drummer and then he'd go out and do Foo Fighters. Would he just fly to london oh i guess he no. was opening for them so well they yeah and on their them. tour they were going all I over by then that. i was like wow yeah. a flying to london yeah. what a guy yeah. yeah it was great but dave Grohl was a uh, drummer for nirvana oh cool and then he, he's a lead singer and guitarist for foo fighters and so he plays the drums a lot so anyway oh he played drums for cage the elephant 
That's cool. On their tour. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. The uh, Their Social Cues album, which is their newest, and it came out in 2019, was a Grammy Award winner for Best Rock LP. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. It was a great album. I actually, I think I've heard mixed reviews, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I, I would enjoy, that's probably my second favorite of this. I, I like to tell me I'm pretty and then Social Cues. So my mm-hmm. perception, and you'll have to see how this all plays out in the future with future albums and mm-hmm. so forth, is that it seems like they're really starting to dive deeper into their sound and experiment with that. It's got more depth. Mm-hmm. Kind of the first three are raw sounds. Yeah. And then now they're... The Social Cues album had a lot of random yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. I wasn't sure about it when they started releasing singles. I was like, where is this going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It turned out well. So yes, those so those are uh, um, probably my first favorite two albums. But So as for songs, uh, songs. I have a, actually I even have a, a list on, on here that I saved, but on my laptop. But, whew. I like Cold, 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 and that, oh gosh, what album is that from? That, that's from, that's from the, uh, Tell Me I'm Pretty. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's got this 60s vibe to it, and there's a band's kind of like, I don't know if it's exactly like this, but like the, there's a band's called The Animals and The Zombies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those uh-huh. in the 60s. Yeah. That's this and that. <laughs> Original. And it's kind of got that, you know, it transports mm-hmm. you back. Uh, it's really got a cool sound I to it. I love that song. Yeah. Um, there's another one uh, that, well, I'll, I'll go through it. Broken Boy. Broken Boy, not too many people. There's a few people I know that may be listening to this and remember a band that this is compared to. It's called Angel City. They're Australian, which you either like. I love Australia. Everybody listened to ACDC <laughs> when I was a kid. But there was another band that came, and they weren't very successful in the United States. They're called the Angels in Australia. But hmm. they came to Portland for some reason. Hmm. Portland loved this band. And they were, you know, and that was probably one of the few places they really were big. And they're called, they had called them Angel City in the United States, the market records or something. Oh, okay. or, I don't know. Anyway, there's a song called Broken Boy, their new one. Mm-hmm. Broken Boy has Angel City all over it. They probably don't even know the name of it. Interesting. Yeah, I was hearing Angel City in there. So I thought that was pretty cool. Maybe it's inspired. There's one that's kind of off the radar. I like deep cuts. I don't always like the hit singles, although Broken Boy has, but... Soil to the Sun. Honestly, have no idea. Yeah, I was kind of just. What album is it off of? Do you know? Is it just like an older one? Yeah, I probably don't know. Um, might have been an older one. You know, and I didn't write that down. But so it's a little older. Yeah, a little later. (laughs) Soil to the Sun has a real Rolling Stones vibe, Hmm. which gets me into, and I'll tell you a couple other songs I like. But this lead singer, Matt Scholes, I'm impressed. Okay. He's got a little Mick Jagger in it, but it's not like he's copying him. Mm-hmm. He's got his own style. Yeah. But there's some Mick Jaggerisms in there, and you can kind of hear a little bit, but it's not like this is a copycat band or anything. You, know, they, you can just hear little reminiscent yeah. sounds there. Matt Schultz is, I just thought this guy, I had a picture as maybe just he's a guitar and he sang and just didn't do much. Mm-hmm. I get on there. This guy's all really flamboyant he's uh, all over and he's kind of moving around a little like Mick Jagger what's unique about him is he has up on the front of the stage like all these kind of outfits a lot of hats hmm. um, he had hats um, some gloves a few shirts I don't know a scarf or one time he had a <laughs> mask a mask 
not not a COVID-19 mask, but just yeah. this eye mask type thing. It was kind of odd, but not always. It's not like he does all the time. Mm-hmm. And so he gets up there and he'll be kind of like changing hats. Sometimes it's kind of awkward, like it doesn't, his wardrobe transitions aren't like super smooth sometimes. That's what I, mom was trying to tell me. She was like, <laughs> I watched this thing with yeah. dad and this guy doesn't know how to change on stage. And I was like, I'm have a feeling it's purposeful. Yeah, and so it, it's all, and you know, like there's uh, one on Austin City Limits, they were on that, and they were, he goes, I'm going to change into all of these, and there's just all this clothing up in front, and he goes, Maybe, you know, this is going to be a long concert, because i got to change into all this stuff by I the end. I kind of love that. Yeah, and he was... He's not like, turn off the lights, I'm going to come back in a different outfit, you know, he's like, I'm going to do this right here. <laughs> exactly, so it was just kind of unique, uh, just the way he kind of moves around on the stage. Uh, sometimes he sits... Uh, sometimes he'll lay down <laughs> and sing <laughs> and uh, just kind of slinks around the stage in different ways. So he's got his own style. Yeah. So I like that. I think this band's going to be around a while as long as they keep their egos in check and could have a <laughs> lot of success. And this could be one of those bands when, like I said, when people are old, your, your generation's older and go, wow, KG Elephant, they've been around for 30 years and they're still together, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know putting out good stuff. That, mm-hmm. I, that would, I see one of these survivor bands that uh, cool. could be your classic rock. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, so I would say, yeah, uh, top three songs, Cold, 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 Broken Boy, Soil the Sun. I also like, you know, Social Cue is a good one, Too Late to Say Goodbye, Cry Baby, Mess Around, and uh, Portuguese Knife Fight was uh, <laughs> okay. kind of a favorite there and what was this? Some, Tokyo or something uh, I have no okay, idea it was Tokyo or something I got a cool little guitar riff at the beginning but I can't remember the name of it now but anyway those it's those probably... are my favorites okay and, uh, but anyway I really appreciate you staring at me I had a ball this week diving into it. I haven't I'm so I haven't happy. taken a deep dive in a band like that since I was a kid oh my gosh yeah. that says a lot that was fun I had a great week Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad I picked it for you. Yeah. We had a lot of actually similar favorite songs. I wrote down a few of mine from them. Yeah, I'm curious what you like. So, I also love Broken Boy. I listen to that quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And that's one of their newest ones, actually. Um, And I just, I don't know, it's kind of chaotic. Yes. But, like, for some reason it works. Um from the tell me i'm pretty album i love the song mess around that's also kind of chaotic but it's like fun Mm -hmm. like a good kind of chaotic um in trouble that one is a slower one yeah but like that song never gets old i could just listen to that all the time yeah that's kind of what put that album in a good flow exactly i think that's like i don't know i can imagine the art from it like the album cover just from that one song you know Mm -hmm. like it just kind of really set the tone for me yeah cool um and then i have two honorable mentions okay um which are kind of deep cuts the ones that you were like those are the ones i'd love to hear at their concert when i'm like 60 um is ain't a rest for the wicked a classic and then come a little closer that one is just i didn't even know that they sang come a little closer for the longest time and then i was like oh Yeah, those two, I just, like, knew the songs, and then I was like, oh, those are Cage Elephant, and those are kind of what got mm. me started on that. I was like, oh, I love these songs, and I didn't even realize that they're by the same people. Like, let's dig a little deeper, and then... 
Come a little closer. I forgot to mention mm-hmm. that was one I was going to mention. That's okay. No rest. No no rest. Um, that's just that's pretty raw. Not that just it's not been, anything crazy special. Yeah. I think it's one of those like yeah. nostalgic ones too, where it's sure. just like oh yeah, yeah. It's just around, and we all know it, and no, probably have it's it a classic. Play it for years. Oh yeah, so. exactly. But yeah. their new step is is fun. Yeah, I agree. So, cool. Awesome. Well, I'm curious what you think of Super Tramp. Okay, well, Super Tramp. So I've obviously heard of them before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a completely foreign concept for me, but before this week, I could not tell you one song that they sang. Mm-hmm. I was almost upset. Like when I first started, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I was like, this isn't going to be a fun week for me. <laughs> and it's week two. And, or three, two. Um, and,. So I started listening and at first, okay, so what I did, since I didn't know where to begin and there was so much history, I was like, I can't just listen to anything because I might not hear what I need to hear. So I downloaded one of their best of mm-hmm. playlists. Place. Good place to start. And just played that in the car like religiously for a few days. And then I listened to the conversation, the like a Spotify interview with Roger Hodgson, and which is one of the lead people of the band. Um, and so anyways, as I, as time went on, I learned a lot, and I realized that I actually do know a lot of songs. And I actually found their history very interesting. Like, you kind of gave me some pointers beforehand, and I honestly don't really remember what you said, but I know that you kind of talked a lot about, like, the bond between two of the members. Right. And I... I knew that that was going to be significant, but I didn't realize, like, that's kind of the band. Like, the the bond between Roger Hodgson and, um, what's his name Rick now? Rick Davies. Rick Davies. Yeah, yeah sorry. Oh. Um, the bond between them is, like, the entire band, and that was crazy to me. So, let's see here. We'll kind of start at the beginning. They started in 1969. Um, and instead I made the mistake of journey of writing down every member that came and went. I just counted them this time over the years. They had 17 total members (laughs) come and go. I will not name them, (laughs) but there was 17. (laughs) Um, so their best album was breakfast in America of 1979. So it took them 10 years to kind of get, not exactly to get started, but it took them 10 years to kind of establish Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah. And granted, like, I wouldn't say it took them 10 years to completely establish themselves because after Breakfast in America was kind of when they were like, we should, we should have stopped. And I, maybe that's, you know, the tipping point of their fame. They were like, we should have left it there. We'll get into that. So anyways, um, it kind of started with Rick Davies, actually. Um, he was a keyboardist from a band called The Joint. And he got offered to start his own band. It looked like the joint was kind of losing their funding. And the guy was like, um, hey, like, why don't you start a band on your own? And he was like, all right, cool. So he recruited um, Hodges. Hodgson? Hodgson. I wrote Hodges, but it's Hodgson. And um, a few others. And they kind of got this started. And they were going to call themselves Daddy, which <laughs> just grosses me out. Um <laughs> I didn't know that. They that was like yeah. a pretty big point for them. Like they were actually upset. Okay. Um, but there was another band called something 
something daddy and they were like too close can't do it darn darn what a shame um but they actually named themselves after a poet so because i was confused or not confused i was just curious about super tramp right yeah i didn't think about it much but so a famous poet named william henry henry davies um was a homeless man as formerly known as a tramp and then he got famous off of his poetry so then they called themselves like super tramp Hmm. and cool yeah so i don't really like exactly know why they still decided that but it was inspired by this poet which i thought was interesting so um they kind of had an interesting dynamic which was very like the forefront of the interview i listened to from hodgson where he had more of a melodic tone and he loved kind of the more like slower or not exactly slower but kind of the more just like spiritual tunes and davies loved like rock and roll the pop like the jazzy stuff and for a long time they were like this is why we work well so like we work together so well is because he kind of calms it down he ramps it up like they mesh well and there's obviously other people in the band too but um they talked a lot about how that was kind of like what kept them together for so long is that like they kind of just yeah i don't know (laughs) so anyways um so then they kind of went through like their 17 band members here and there um and then they didn't have a huge audience but it kind of went back just down to davies and hodgson for a little bit and they kind of started fresh and then there was Dougie Thompson, Bob Siebenberg, John Helliwell, Davies, and Hodgson. And they were all in the band for like a solid 10 years. That was the core. That was the core. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought it was interesting because Mm -hmm. like 10 years is, that's a long time for Mm -hmm. to not have someone come and go. Yeah. Especially considering like Journey and stuff, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like they so easily was like, no, not the sound we're looking for. Goodbye. So... They really, like, stayed committed to it, which was cool. So then Dreamer and Bloody Well Right were the songs that kind of got their fame going, like, got things rolling. They had a couple albums that didn't do too well, and then they had some that did well. Um, The Give a Little Bit song, that was one of Hodgson's many archived songs, which actually got them pretty famous, too. Um, It gathered a lot of attention, even though the album didn't do well. And so then in 1979, when they put out Breakfast in America, they decided to go a little more like Davies style and do like a little rock and roll, a little pop. And Hodgson in the interview was like, I wasn't super stoked about like the the pop style. He's like, I think that's what everybody was doing. It was a little unoriginal at the time. And I don't know. It was just kind of interesting because we were just talking about this today that I have so many different genres that I listen to. And you're like, well, we just kind of had the rock and roll. So they kind of took a little break after um, Breakfast in America. There's a bunch of hits off that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, yeah, and looking at like my list of songs that I kind of curated that I enjoyed, they all came from that. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them came from it. And I, before I had started listening to the music, I had listened (laughs) to the interview. And so 
they kept talking about breakfast in America. And I was like, clearly this is an important thing. <laughs> so then I went and listened to it and like, yeah, it was, it was great. But um, it was really interesting because they said that uh, I think I think Hodgson was the one who was writing the songs for them for that one. And I guess he sat in his van for like days on end outside the studio and didn't leave and like slept in his van until he finished the album. Really? Yeah. And he wanted to make sure that it was like specifically crafted so that each song flowed from one to another. Which I'm assuming is because it was probably, like, on a record, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, which is probably actually, like, very important. Side one and two. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, he didn't say that, but I mis- I kind of made that connection in my mind where, like, that's probably very important for, like, the record players and stuff because it's not like you can skip a song. It was a pain. I can imagine. You get up and you scratch the, you know, and yeah. then, you know, like, clunk, clunk, you know, and it was just a pain. You it just didn't like want so to have to do work. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, it's a great thing that they flow from one to another. Otherwise, people aren't going to really care that much. So after that album, it did pretty well. And they just had, like, ups and downs. I won't get into the specifics. It doesn't really matter too much. But um, they decided to kind of take a little hiatus for a little bit. And I don't think that there was a specific, like, falling out. They kind of just got used to each other and just started realizing their creative differences and stuff. And they also wanted to start their own lives. And that was kind of the breaking point where they were like, hey, I want to go have a family. So if we could, like, chill out for a little (laughs) bit. And so Hodgson moved his family away. Like, they lived in California and he kind of moved out and... By the looks of the video, he seemed like an earthy little dude. Yeah, totally. He, he kind of looked like Jesus on the stage at the <laughs> piano, and I was like, okay, I'm the the voice matches the yeah, picture yeah, in my you head. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he wanted to move further away to like be spiritual with his family, and so I was like, okay. So then they decided to get back together, and that's Hodgson's like biggest regret. He could not stress that more that. Their album, Famous Last Words, which is kind of ironic. Um, but they just he's like, we shouldn't have gone there. He's like, it was a bad idea. We should have just stopped. Like, I don't think that it progressed us at all. You know, he's like, I kind of think that we stayed where we were at. And, like, if anything, it took us backwards. And he just had a lot of words to say about the Final Last Words album. So I found that very interesting, too, is how much he stressed mm-hmm. that he was not excited. Yeah. And which also, once I read and did my research, too, it sounded like after that, he was really distant. Like, he didn't go on tour with them. And, like, they did a lot of reunion tours. Like, they would they kind of stopped making albums, but then they'd be like, super tramp, like, super tour or whatever. And then Hodgson was like, no, guys, like, I'm done. <laughs> and so anyways... Davies kind of led the band from there and they dropped actually all of Hodgson's songs and they were like if you're not coming with us like we're not playing your songs which meant that they kind of went towards that like rock pop kind of vibe and I'm sure things were a lot different from there and then um, after the 1988 tour the band separated and they were like you know what we're just going to dissolve. We're not going to tell anybody about this. We're just going to go. And so <laughs> they did. Um, 
And so pretty much the further debate was just like if they were going to use Hodgson's songs or not, because a lot of, I mean, like give a little bit. If you drop that, people were really upset because at the concerts, they stopped singing those hit songs. And Mm. Hodgson made a note of it in his interview that he's like, I have like 70 plus songs in the archives that will be a hit on my solo career. He's like, he wasn't cocky about it. Like he was very like melodic by the way he talked and was just very like, I just love them so much. And you know, we just didn't work out creatively. And like, he didn't say anything bad about people, Mm -hmm. but he was like, but my solo career, like kind of hyping up his own tooting his own horn a little bit. And he had apparently a lot, a lot of ideas that just wouldn't work for super tramp. So that was kind of interesting. And then they went on a European tour, and at the same time, Hodgson went on a solo tour, and he was like, hey guys, can I join? And they were like, no. And so then in 2015, they were going to go on a Super Tramp Forever tour, which, again, like, they just kept trying to, like, bring it back. Mm-hmm. They're like, Super Tramp Forever, like, yeah. all these farewell tours, it seemed like. And so I think that was kind of their last hurrah. And then Davies got sick. And so then they just like canceled the tour. And that was pretty much the end of the research I found. And it sounds like after that, they truly dissolved a little bit. So what are your favorite songs of Supertramp? Okay. So <laughs> there's, I, one, <laughs> there's one I hope you pick up on. Go. Oh, you know, I will. Um, I'm hoping we're talking about the same one. I won't start with that. So these are the songs that I liked. And I didn't really find a ton of songs that I didn't already know mm-hmm. that I like was like, oh my God, what a hit. How did I not know this song? Because I'm going to be honest, Super Tramp is not my favorite band. Yeah. It, they're not bad, but I will never listen to them on my own other than maybe these mm-hmm. select songs. So I, Dreamer, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was good. The Logical Song. Mm-hmm. Give a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's just everywhere. Good one. Bloody Well Right. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then Goodbye Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd get this. Oh, Tell I, us about that. Oh, my gosh. I heard that song, and I was like, no way. If anybody out there watches The Office, which I'm sure most people do, my fa- one of my favorite episodes, I'd say my second favorite episode of all time, is Goodbye Toby. And <laughs> Michael creates his own rendition of Goodbye Stranger <laughs> at the farewell barbecue for Toby. And I just, I can just imagine in my head. And I was hearing it and I was like, I don't even know the real words to this song. I seriously only know Goodbye Toby. And so, <laughs> I don't know. That cracked me up. I It was like, okay. This I was band, hoping you would like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, I know dad, like, I know that he knows I'm going to I'm going to find that one. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah. And then the last little note that I made is the Breakfast in America song itself. Um there was a song from 2005 that is like a throwback hit favorite of mine and it's called Cupid's Chokehold slash hmm. Breakfast in America. Really? And it has the tune of Breakfast in America, but I had never listened to the song before, never made the connection. I never understood why why it was called Breakfast in America, Cupid's Chokehold. Like, it's it's a mashup between the two. Oh wow! And so I'll play it for you after this, okay. and I'll kind of show yeah. you because it's 
it's a funky song, but it's like, I, I probably listened to it in like middle school or something like that. Like, I don't know. I just found that was really interesting. So I had to look it up because I was like from a band called Gym Class Heroes. I've heard of them. Yeah. I probably listened to it at like mm-hmm. literally middle school. Yeah. But yeah, I heard the tune of that song and I was like, oh, I know this song, but not from this either. So I made a lot of those kind of connections where mm-hmm. I was like, I know this from a different part of my life. Yeah, that's cool. But overall, yeah, Super Tramp was good. I ended up loving it a lot more than when I started. It grew on me. I think I needed to do some background, kind of understand the people, because the voices weren't that exciting to me at the beginning. I threw you in a little deeper end of the pool. Yes. On that one. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad about it, that's for mm-hmm. sure. But... It just definitely, compared to Journey, wasn't as much familiarity. And so I guess we're breaking out of our shells now. Yeah, absolutely. Good for us. Yeah. Um, my, my top three Super oh, yes. Tramp songs uh, would be a song called Rudy. Did you ever get around to that one? Off Crime of the Century. Oh, boy. Yeah, check out Rudy. Rudy kind of takes you on a journey. Actually, yes. With a train. Yes, and it sounded like a Pink Floyd song. And I was like, he's got to be kidding me. Yeah, it, it takes you on a trip. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Not that I dislike Pink Floyd, just the sound effects throw me off a little bit. Yeah, so you had a little bit of that. Um, I like one called, actually it's after Roger Hodson called Cannonball. They did have a fairly successful album after he mm. left. It's called Cannonball. Okay. Real different, kind of a jazzier, it was a hit song. Hmm. I like that. It was kind of a deeper cut. I like Rudy, Cannonball. Of the hits, oh gosh, there's several. But I would say probably, uh, oh, I know the song. I was trying to think of it. It is a deeper cut. Sorry, it's not a hit. Okay. It's called Child of Vision. It's the last song yeah. on, on on Breakfast of America. I listened to that song. Did you? Yeah. That one's good. And it's got this jam. And it's just this pure jam of them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the last song in it. Almost feels like it's the last time they really gelled together. Yeah. And it just goes. It's Maybe it was kind of class classical the way they uh, kind of went out on that album. I thought so. That's those are my top three. Okay. There's others I like, but I mean yeah. that's hard. They've got a lot mm-hmm. of history and stuff, kind of like last week. So it's probably a lot to choose from. Well, we got to get around to a reveal here. Um. Okay. So I think that this is going to be a challenge for you, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I think that this is going to be your super tramp. Oh, okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like. I okay. Um, yeah. I think that you'll be okay listening to it. Okay. Um, but I don't think you'll ever listen to it on your own. Uh-huh. They're called glass animals. You've mentioned them. I have. I've... I'm sure that you will find some familiarity there. Okay. They're definitely like a psychedelic. Hmm. Well, actually, you know, well, you might find some songs that you like. But a vibe as a whole, I just don't think it matches the kind of music that you enjoy. I could be wrong. We'll see you next week. But they've definitely got like a definitely slower vibe. It's not slow songs. It's just like electronic, psychedelic, chill kind of songs. But I have a whole album, or a playlist called Funky Tunes. And they take up most of that. Okay. Because I just think that they have a really cool sound. Okay. They've got really cool sounding stuff so anyways can't stress that Glass enough apparently animals. okay yeah i'm excited yeah what well about me? uh i 
I have uh, I've been debating between two different choices, but I, I'll tell you why I've done this one. Uh, well, I'll tell you who it is, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I'm going to have you do Pat Benatar. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not mad about that. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. You're going to have fun. Those are fun tunes, and I think people listening out there uh, will enjoy hearing what you have to say about Pat Benatar and Ooh. probably remember uh, that. But start thinking about, so you got a, an artist rather than a band. Although, pay attention to the band a little bit. There's mm-hmm. some important parts Isn't to them. Is she from Heart? No, no, that's different. That's, that's different. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, no, no, she's her own deal. I thought it was good. Uh, band members uh, who um, pay attention to her husband. Okay. Uh, pay attention to a female breaking into the rock and roll industry and being taken seriously. Kind of go through her career, obviously. Just kind of go through how things went and mm-hmm. success and all those types of things and what's going on now. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Cool. I'm actually really excited about this. Yeah, and I have another band or artist that's going to take you in a little deeper water again. This is this will, but you're gonna. I think it's very upbeat. You're gonna have fun. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah. I think that this will be a good. Yeah. Enjoy listening to this. My kind of give you a break, a super tramp. Kind of like, ooh, come up for air. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. But you got. There's a lot of depth to it. Okay. Yeah. So. I think that's everything I have. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, we've uh, enjoyed everybody's feedback and the yeah, last we appreciate the support. Two weeks or so yeah. since we've launched, and so we're excited. We've got a lot of other plans, and so until our next episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see ya. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.